Welcome to Coming Out of the Spiritual Closet with your host, me, Brittany Wittig. Join me every week to explore and demystify the world of modern spirituality. This week's episode, I am speaking with Kyle Jason Leitsky, who is an Ayurvedic life purpose coach. And I got to tell you, the reason I brought Kyle onto the show is because a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Ayurveda, and it was the first time I have ever found myself really interested in Ayurveda and wanting to learn more. It's one of those spiritual genres, topics that has never really resonated with me until I heard Kyle's perspective on it. So I think you're going to love this conversation. We discuss Kyle's experience of coming out of the spiritual closet. We, of course, discuss Ayurveda, but we also discuss Kyle's unique take on Ayurveda and how he incorporates Ayurveda into his life purpose coaching. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Kyle. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you, Brittany, for having me. It's an honor. So we're going to jump right in, and I've got a a bunch of questions for you. So the first thing that I'm wondering about is... How did you get into the world of spirituality? Some people, you know, some people are raised in it. Some people find it. I certainly was someone who found it. Um, how did that go for you? And did you, did you ever have an experience of coming out of the spiritual closet? Yeah, great question. I feel like there's some different stages of my coming out of the closet. So I'll talk about that. I identify as a very spiritual person now. And when you pose that question, what kind of comes to me is that we are spirit, is my belief. (laughs) So like kind of our spiritual journey is just us and it's never ending. But in this reality of my life, I did grow up in a religious home, Christian. So I grew up in a Christian home, went to Sunday school very religiously and even went to a Christian private school from kindergarten through eighth grade oh, that wow. was at the church that kind of went to from like, I think like seven or so. And it was like Wednesday night services, Friday night youth stuff. So like there was a period of time where it was like, that was my spirituality of the relationship through Jesus Christ and God sure. and the Trinity and things like that. And that was definitely the belief of my home that I was raised under. And well, my parents still do, but I've had this change in my life of not doing that. And I guess that would probably be the first coming out that I think of is to myself is probably eight to 10 years ago. I had graduated college. Uh, I might have been in getting my master's degree. I had actually moved to Arcata, California, and college I kind of became more distant from going to church on my own and I experienced a lot of guilt or shame like it didn't feel like it was the most beneficial for me or the most authentic for me but I was kind of lost in this snowman kind of feeling this guilt or shame because that's oh I should have a better relationship with quote-unquote God that I that I learned about and and Jesus and going to church (laughs) for a little bit I was like the would just go on like Easter or Christmas. And then there was kind of like the shame of that. Like I'm, uh, oh, cause yeah. being someone growing up to like, 
went every week and like even like <laughs> being a kid like uh crying on Sunday, I want to stay and watch the football game and like no you're oh. going to church <laughs> like oh yeah you know like it was just all-encompassing and like you know doing a lot of like my mom would yeah. do our prayers and devotions in the car to school and stuff like that and the first coming out though is like I got to this point where I was like you know what I don't actually really know much about these other religions even Judaism Islam, Buddhism, like I'd heard about it and I had this bias or prejudice that, oh, they're, they're wrong or they're missing something, right? Like the one that I've been taught is right. And I yeah. didn't like that as I've sure. become a sovereign thinking adult and I wanted to right. be more educated on it. So I found this audio book through the great courses. I think it was like uh, cultural literacy for religion. It was like what every well-educated person needs to know about the world's major religions or something around that title. Nice. And it was like 18 hours long and I was going on this big road trip. Wow. So I downloaded it and I like listened to the whole thing on this road trip wow. in like the course of a week. And yeah, learned a lot of each chapter or uh, episode was like 30 minutes or so. And each kind of religion had a handful, had a lot of Eastern stuff and then Western mm -hmm. stuff within Judeo-Christianity, which I even learned some things there. Different indigenous belief systems that aren't, don't really fill into religions from North America and other, and other places, uh, really indigenous type stuff. So that really opened my eyes and I really related to some Eastern belief systems. I liked the sense of a lot of what I got from the Eastern stuff when I first learned about Buddhism and Hinduism, or even the Native American, like indigenous spiritual religions, quote unquote, was it was an internal relationship instead mm -hmm. of an external one. That was really empowering for me. I sat with that. Now, I didn't really have a, a big come out of the closet, but I was like, oh, I like some of this. And that kind of got me to do some more books, some more audio books and reading. And probably over the course of a couple of years, then the funny thing was, I met, I think the moment where I kind of had the internal coming out of the closet was I was like on Facebook and there was, you know, at some point I was like going through or editing my about me. And in one of those things was like your religion. And oh. it had, <laughs> yes. and it had Christian on there. And I was like, I was turned off by it. I was like, I don't actually identify with this anymore. Wow. I, yeah. So that was, I think, the first coming out of like, oh, you know. And, sure. Uh, I think I probably left it because I was like, oh, well, that's uncomfortable. Like, what does that mean? Or what if I, you right. know, like, what am I? Or things like that. So sure. I think that was the first coming out to myself. And I still don't. Uh, adhere to any one religion that's why I do identify as spiritual and one thing from that book that I listened to I remember the author really kind of wraps it up at the end he had an analogy all these different religions can be looked at in a couple different he had a couple different options of like they're all kind of climbing the same mountain yeah. trying to get to the same peak but and they have different vantage points of explaining how they got up there, but there's different, there's very similar themes, you know, and similar values and virtues that can be, that be, can be found in each one. Or right. like if, if you want to see them as separate, like they're all climbing similar peaks, like trying to get to a thing with having their own thing and kind of talking about the experience and stuff. So yeah, honoring the, the experiences of each and there's the similarities, but honoring the differences 
across, yeah. across each one. So for me, I really resonate with that. And there was one piece from that too of how he said, even if you identify in a certain religion, there's a, a spectrum within that. There's like really hardcore, right. like really conservative or orthodox in pretty much most religions. And then there's really more kind of liberal or kind of like fluid. Like I identify with this, but I kind of see other things. And the author talked about how even if you say you're Christian, so to speak, like I was, I'm going to relate to somebody who might be Muslim, but it's in the same sphere of how I see or experience that religion, if that makes sense. So like, I like if I'm more open, I'm going to relate to somebody who's more open in their religion as opposed to somebody who's closed and quote unquote my religion. Sure. So that was a big takeaway for me too, in terms of my coming out of the closet. So that was the first one. Now that I have that awareness, it's kind of inside me. And I, with my partner at the time, we had similar beliefs. So definitely we started sharing it. We're like, oh, like I'm actually more spiritual. I don't identify with this. And I didn't really have an identity crisis, I think, around that. It was more of a fear of like, what are the consequences of owning this coming from the family I did or being in the culture or society I was, but started gravitating myself to exploring it more and learning more things and really wanting to do that. And I really wanted to get to understand myself, my higher power, my relationship to higher power and the empowering part of that. So there's a long journey in terms of what I did. And when you kind of pose this, there's like so many things I could talk about, but hopefully that gives enough to kind of relate to or give some examples to the listeners. Coming out part two Ah. for me is actually claiming that and owning that to my parents. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so a couple of years ago, I think my mom knew where I was at in terms of spiritually. She knew I wasn't really going to church as much or things like that. But, but I hadn't owned that, like, I don't really identify as Christian anymore. And it came up to where I got out of a long relationship and, you know, I was single again. And so then the mom stuff was like, oh, I'm wishing you find a, a good Christian woman and blah, blah. Sure. And so I kind of was like deflecting it like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then after a few times, I was just like, you know what, like, I need to just own this. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. I want somebody more aligned with my belief system. That isn't that sure. is something important to me. And so I had the coming out of the closet of like having that tough conversation with, with my mom specifically (laughs) of like, you know, what, like, that's not what I'm looking for. That's not where I'm at. Yes, there was disappointment. She still prays for me that I'll come back, you know, and her heart's in the right place. Yeah. And we've had some conversation in terms of what it means for me, but I think for her, that's what she's holding on to. And so like, I can't, I haven't been able to really go in that space with them specifically, but they're supportive. They want me to be happy. She maybe can be kind of the, the disappointment sense comes in, which is always tough from a child and parent relationship. But, uh, but I'm very blessed and grateful that at the end, she wants me, she wants me to be in heaven with her is where it comes from. <laughs> right. Of course. You know? yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But that was a big coming out of the closet. Oh I yeah. Think part, part two for me. And Ooh. I kind of feel like part three is where I've been lately in life. I 
left my job and my home in Arcata, California in June 2021. And I was an academic advisor at Humboldt State University, which has mm. recently gone through a rebrand. It's now Cal Poly Humboldt. I was doing work as an academic advisor, so I was supporting students who specifically were undeclared and exploring what they wanted to do in college and, and at beyond. As I'm doing this work, I did a lot of my personal stuff, therapy, support groups, you know, I'm doing a lot of my own spirituality stuff, and it helped me really support other people too. I had to not bring in my biases as as a advisor, as a coach, and, right. and meet people where they're at. And I really loved what I did. I loved where I lived, have a strong community, and I really enjoyed my job. Now, there was things where I was feeling stuck, in, but a big aspect of it was really committing to following my intuition more instead of like my logical mind and doing what's safe because that's what I've did in terms of career-wise and and not believing certain types of lifestyles or certain types of things were for me. So I just, I just got to do the grind and try and make my couple steps and hope that, right. you know, when I have kids that I'll help them maybe get to where I wanted to be type deal. So really believing in myself and my capacity and my abilities was an act of that. And what I've learned in this almost year now that a part of that is kind of me embracing more my spirituality in what mm -hmm. I do in my coaching, wanting to work with other spiritually minded, spiritually focused, spiritually driven individuals in a, in a holistic sense. So sure. I, when you talk about spiritual journey and kind of coming out of the closets, that's what came up to me in terms of like a few different phases of that. Cause even some of my friends that I had at work and things like that, as I've embraced more spirituality, I think it's become a little bit uncomfortable. They're like, I had, you know, for me, I'm a very kind of dynamic person. I have a lot of different friend groups. So I had my like kind of spiritual group and friends in my community, but I also like my work and I can, I get along and, and find peace and joy in, in multiple different settings. But yeah. I've noticed as I've embraced that more, I've felt a little bit more disconnected, just I think naturally from it. And I think that's a piece of the story as you kind of go through a spiritual thing that there is the changing of certain relationships that comes through. And there's been grieving in that process for me of like, oh, like I miss this friend. Like, why don't we connect or relate anymore? And there's not animosity, hard feelings, but there's just kind of disconnect. But there can still be that love in the process for each other. And I definitely feel that. So oh, yeah. that's some of my coming out of the closet moments. That's great. And I can so relate to so much of that. So did you did you leave your um, advising job at the university a year ago? Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Last June, and then, 20, June 2021. And you've you been traveling since then? Yes. Yeah. So I, you're in, you are in a van, right? My partner and I, we got a van and built it out last spring and I've uh, been traveling around since late June. I left my job beginning of June and we kind of hit the road late June and just did a, for a few months of like touring basically uh, Pacific Northwest and did go into Canada for a little bit. And then came back to Arcata home base for two months. My partner, she got work. Uh, cool. 
she yeah she had a job opportunity so we had some home base there and then traveled again in the winter and then the last few months we rooted in in Sedona Arizona my partner again got some in-person work in Sedona Arizona so a very spiritual <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, energetic place and um been there but now back in Arcata and I'm plans to not have plans which my ego resists and try constantly try so it's kind of like what aligns next and i have oh, so well, i know what feels right for the next two weeks um, but until then i don't have anything planned that's awesome so yeah i can i can so relate it's so funny one of the reasons that i try not to dig in too deep with my podcast guests before they come on is because cool stuff like this will come up such a synchronicity so Back in 2016, I left my career, which I really, really enjoyed working with animals, to mm -hmm. start traveling by in a micro RV with my partner. And we did that for years. Mm -hmm. And I started travel blogging. But that was also the time when my spirituality was starting to take form. And so interesting. Like, I can completely relate to that. Like, that enjoying your job, but just, like, feeling like... For me, it felt like I was being a bit contained mm. and I just wanted to like be a little more in flow mm -hmm. and yeah, it's just, that's great. I love it. And yeah, getting out on the road, man, that is, that is definitely a way to sort of experiment with flow in a big way, right? Yes. Yeah. That definitely expands. <laughs> it contained. I definitely felt that like, and that the, mm -hmm. so my thing came up during the pandemic. So that definitely um, expanded. Yeah. Like, so that was a sense of, I had my job, but when you said contained, I definitely res resonated with that. Cause I was like, I was restless inside. I was like, what am I doing? You know, I was like getting yeah. staff of staff recognition awards and I was growing different stuff and I really love, but there was just something of like, what is next or what? And I was trying to find it within the university system, but it wasn't really connecting. And I think a sure. blessing that I have and has been able to be nurtured is just like, I don't like to do things that don't feel like I'm drawn to or like I'm not passionate about. And I've had the privilege of, of being able to follow that in different ways. Yeah. Whether it was like even before my advising, like I pursued, I was, I was a sport coach. So I played oh. football in college and then I was, okay. and then I decided that's what I was going to do. So for seven years I was committed and I coached, ended up getting coaching in college and doing that and it ended up not aligning, but it always came back to like, what am I feeling drawn to? So like that, that fact of like feeling like I needed to expand or there was just a lot of stability in my life and I worked really hard for it, but I was like, now I want this freedom. Right. So, <laughs> totally. yeah. 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 And now, and then, so you break free and you don't have to do this, you know, for people like coach, like if you're going through a transition, you want this, like you don't have to do that. You right. can find the balance in it. But for me, when, as I dove more and more into my intuition, I was exploring, well, I could do part-time. I could ask for like an extended period of time off. I could, you know, I was doing remotely so I can do that. But when I sat with my intuition, I was like, I feel like I need to kind of cut the cord and like really put myself out there. So like, I have to, like, I, I remember having a zoom meeting with my, my supervisor and, you know, telling them and having the conversation. And I remember they asked me like, you know, I was like saying how thankful I was and how I love it. And she, and she was just like, Kyle, like, I'm not trying to convince you, but like, why are you doing this? And I was just like, <laughs> I just need to. And like, yeah. we both started crying and I was just like, oh. <sighs> yeah, that's and, powerful. Um, yeah. 
so wow. that resonated the it's container so, that's expanding that's true courage right there i mean that's really courageous because mm-hmm. that's a scary move to make but just knowing deeply that it's what you need to do and doing mm-hmm. it yeah that's impressive props to you for sure thank you yeah that's that's not an easy thing yeah courage is a huge thing and that i try to encourage myself and it's a big it's a big kind of purpose thing for me and and i Mm -hmm. think of i learned of an anias anias nin quote a few years ago that went to something like someone's universe either shrinks or expands in proportion to their courage oh yes I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing it a little bit, but that courage part is a yeah. huge piece of for my sure. life. And yeah. Oh, man. I love it. I love so it. Thank That's you. Awesome. Thank you for recognizing and honoring and reflecting that. Cause, oh, you're so welcome. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. So, Ayurveda. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Ayurveda. Ayurveda. Okay, good. <laughs> so. I I just want to say for the listeners, Ayurveda is something that whenever it's come up, my eyes have kind of glassed over. It's one of these spiritual, I guess, genres or areas of spirituality that I have really not connected with. Mm -hmm. And until I was having a conversation with Kyle a few weeks ago, and he, he was talking about Ayurveda in a way that I had never heard it spoken about. And it suddenly really interested me so i'm thrilled to talk about it with you and thrilled to let all of my listeners hear about it from you and we'll just start with a very basic what is ayurveda yeah (laughs) ayurveda is a lot but ayurveda is a life wisdom ah okay and ayurveda is a sanskrit word from India. Ayur comes from Ayus, means life or longevity. And Veda means to know or knowledge, wisdom. So it is life wisdom. And I love how my teacher, Mamta Landerman, refers to it too. And when it's a spirituality, it's a living wisdom. The lineage I've been doing my training under in Ayurveda specifically focuses on that. And there's a Vajra Mishra. Vajra is like a Ayurvedic practitioner, but it's more like, it's like an Ayurvedic knower. And Mishra is the family last name, the lineage. And so my teachers studied under Vajra Mishra and this Vajra Mishra lineage is called... uh, Svayurveda, S-V Ayurveda, stands for, comes from, I believe it's an island called Shaka, and it's like Shaka Vansaya Ayurveda, and that one is not, so there's this, the beauty that I found with it, and I didn't do a lot of research when I picked this, I was part of my intuition, right, so like I was not left my job yet, and I, is beginning of 2021, I actually just had my first medium reading oh uh, cool okay. and uh i had heard about this ayurveda school that was found uh locally rooted near me but i ended up getting this email and 
following like oh i'm gonna read about it okay i'll do a clarity call oh like you know all these steps of courage of that led me to it but just kind of what drew me to it was the intuition of of that so coming back to what is ayurveda it's a life wisdom and living wisdom and it's part of the the vedas the veda philosophy spirituality that come out of india so it's a sister science or sister uh belief system to yoga and it is okay yeah so and not yoga that like the full embodiment of yoga not hatha yoga with all the poses and and things like that that we do in the west but really yoga of discipline and i learned traditionally that ayurveda you one had to understand their ayurveda and their balance within it before they could practice yoga because you had to have that your your body in balance so ayurveda is life wisdom but it's it's a health it's a holistic health science it's a holistic health system it okay it's takes into account body mind and soul body mind spirit it uses universal cosmic principles to understand creation understand consciousness and it applies it to the unique individual for their state of being at that time is the goal so it is a medical system there's ayurvedic doctors in the u.s it's a big uh thing in india still historically i learned like uh, a lot of ayurveda was kind of uh i think texts were destroyed or things like that during like the mogul rule a few hundred years ago but right so ayurveda used to be i've been told so my teachers that it was like every family kind of had an avijja, uh, an Ayurvedic person in their family that understood it kind of like almost, wow. yeah, like maybe like a shaman type thing, like a healer, someone okay. who studied and learned, or at least in a village, right? You'd have these yeah. people that helped with that. And it was a lot of orally, right? So even like the Sanskrit was written down three to 5,000 years ago, but it was passed down orally beyond that. So there's okay. Ayurveda... It was comes from rishis, I believe is how you pronounce it, like seers, knowers in ah, the Indian okay. culture that downloaded, for lack of a better phrase, like and just saw like this is how the universe works in balance mm. and it has the different qualities that are physical and subtle, mental, emotional. Mm. So Ayurveda is a holistic system that looks to keep us in balance. Interesting. That's fascinating. That already is a, it's a different, it's a different angle on it than I've heard before. Yeah. I want to hear, do you feel comfortable? I want to hear how, yeah, how you've heard about it. I can tell you what my perception of it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So my perception, and I don't, you know, obviously this is based on not digging into it hardly at all ever, Mm -hmm. but my perception of Ayurveda was, I had this idea that it was kind of this this sort of strict system where you were classified in a certain way. And I think I got that idea from all of those dosha quizzes that Mm -hmm. exist online. I would take one of those quizzes and get, okay, this is your dosha. Mm -hmm. And it never really resonated. And so I was like, and there's only like, there's only a few of them. So I was like, how can that be? (laughs) And so I just, I think I had this sort of very superficial view it it felt almost like a strict container Mm -hmm. and what you're talking about is very much not that you know yeah this is 
so it's it's and fascinating you, and you're right in your perception that's how it is portrayed in some ways mm-hmm. in different lineages and i feel fortunate and i feel like that's probably my 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 intuition drew me to ayurveda to follow and study with this program that has this Svaya Veda balance. They talk in in it's Shiva energy and Shakti energy and like the mythology. And that's the male and the female. Yeah, so Shakti is feminine, kind of divine, intuition, more moon centered. Shiva is more masculine, sun minded, and how I understand it. I'm not an expert in a lot of the mythology. You know, I learned some of it as I'm kind of getting more into these Vedas. And Ayurveda is one of, so Ayurveda has a more focus. So in the West, it has been brought over over the last handful of decades by some Vijas and like uh, Deepak Chopra is a big, you know, leader in meditation, but also some of the Ayurveda and yoga, the Veda practices. Vasant Lad runs the Ayurvedic Institute in New Mexico. I think they're moving to the East Coast though. Um, he's done a lot in terms of putting out books and doing that. And some of my teachers, when my program, I've learned some of his stuff because he has some good work and, and things like that. It's known as like a diet or, you know, the comp, like we have this yes. affiliation, we have this affiliation yeah. with right labeling. We have, we like to, what's the word I'm looking for? Like di- we like to diagnose ourselves or like, in, mm. in terms of thing, right? So these doshas, yeah. it's kind of like your sun sign in astrology, how I've learned it, right? Like in part uh, of my spirituality, like I kind of get into astrology and I never really resonated yeah. with my sun sign being in Gemini when I'd read the different stuff. But once I was exposed to, oh, here's my whole astrological chart and here's what the sun means and here's what the moon means. And here's my ascending and here's what my Mercury and, can't, and like right. how those all work and how they might enter. Then I was like, oh, you know, so the more holistic nature so I right. think your perception is not your fault. I think it is perceived that way and is put out that way in terms of sure. take this dosha quiz because it's a good hook. We want to have right. a label. We want to know what's that silver bullet to fix my problem. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Right. Totally. And it's like we want to pathologize or pathologize, I think is the word. I'm like, like we want to yeah. like, you know, um, okay, I'm a vata right, is one of the doshas in Ayurveda. So don't eat this, do eat this, don't do this, right. you know. And it's very, like when you look at it, there's very strict stuff. And you look at it and you're like, okay, I can't live anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. F this. I'm out. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, that about, that about explains it. That was, that's been my exact experience. Yeah. Yeah. So when really I found Ayurveda... I was looking to eat more plant-based and eat more seasonally. I was ah, in arcade. Okay. And so part of my spiritual journey, here's a little thing. I'm like, I wanted to really tune into the rhythm of nature and like, what should I be eating? Like, oh, like, yeah, there's certain things, there's certain plants that actually grow seasonally and they're better for me and nature brings them to us at this time. Like I was starting to get exposed to this in humble in Arcata with all this like beautiful agriculture around and local farms and organic. And I was starting to get exposed. Okay. I want to learn how to do that. So I was just on Google, like <clears throat> seasonal cookbook or seasonal eating or something. And I found this cookbook that talked about Ayurveda and I was like, what is this? And I 
I think I, uh, so I downloaded the ebook and I was reading and they had a little section where they explained it and they talked about the holistic nature in it. And I, and that's what hooked me. It, it's okay. not this like fad diet or like take this thing. It's all about for whom and when is oh. a big saying, right? So there, okay. it, you know, like there's plants or herbs or things like that, that are maybe more balancing or more rejuvenating or more depleting, but that they're not bad or good. Right. So, sure. so okay, that it's, yeah. it's what's the context and it, it's around an essence of balance, right? A universal principle of right. balance, right? So what oh, is, what that. is my state of imbalance? Where am I depleted? Where am I aggravated? How do I balance that out? Um, and oh, the wisdom of Ayurveda. So Ayurveda also focuses through the gut as the main knowledge system. So okay. a lot of it is through diet and through lifestyle that focuses on our gut health and sure. emanates from there. And then also the psychosomatic or the mental stuff too. So you can kind of get really vast with it. And so the yeah. guy got into that through the book. And then I think I got another ebook, uh, Sahara Roses, Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda to kind of learn more. But where I hit oh, the sure. wall... Okay. Where I hit the wall was when I got to the nutrition part where I was just like, take this quiz because every book and every little thing has a slightly different quiz (laughs) and it gives you usually just the three options, vata, pitta, kapha of like the the main doshas and um, understanding that like the holisticness and the subjectivity of the time and of me and, and what feels right that supported the intuition of finding, finding that felt so good. But then the like analytical of like, okay, well, what do I eat was the barrier. And so like I okay. went, so I found Ayurveda back in like 2017 and, and I had ways where I'd like, Oh cool. This is awesome. Okay. I don't really know how to apply this, you know? So like, but sure. every season I kind of would come back to that book and be like, what should I be buying at the farmer's market or like at the store? Oh, like, yeah. And then like, I would try some different recipes. Um, so I kind of w- ebbed and flowed in it, but it kept, kept coming back mm-hmm. for me cool. in terms of like, Oh, I wanted another book or things like that. And it's so interesting how those things that are meant for our path, like if we don't, if we don't hook on the first time, they just keep coming around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you will pay attention to me yeah i think that that's the thing of destiny destiny to what i've learned is not like you must follow this path you have no free choice but it's like this energy in the universe that's like hey you're need to go this way or like or it's like a bumper car it's like no you're not supposed to go down this way like and if we miss uh i was following ryan weiss uh waking up with ryan on instagram he's somebody i love and he had a reel talking about this like uh like if you are supposed to get off on an exit and you pass the exit it's like the gps doesn't be like oh you're screwed like right. you know, and die <laughs> the gps is like recalculating route to get right. you to that to that way finding a new route and, you know it's like that gps yes. um and i thought that was a beautiful analogy of of that and so like you said yeah kind of these energy pulls if we miss an exit or miss an opportunity uh or avoid it uh, for out of fear or whatever reason right. like um right. Okay, we'll find another way. You know, same thing yeah. I think is true with stuff coming out that's uncomfortable. As a coach, oh, yeah. you know, like if these same things keep coming up, you know, like if we don't deal with the root issue, then like what's it's going to find a new way out, you know, into right. into it's our into our existence, again. right? So like yeah, as a coach yep. like finding that. So 
Um, yeah. And that's what's part of Ayurveda, like in terms of it's it's a diet, but like for me, I love the holistic nature of it as as an individual yeah. and as a coach. And Ayurveda has been a spiritual practice for me. Maybe going into what are doshas and how are they made to understand no, the different principles. Yeah, so. yeah. What what are doshas? <laughs> yeah. So I so Ayurveda, right? Living wisdom. Um, so it's based on these universal principles, and one of the main ones is a Sankhya philosophy. So it's basically the the Vedic philosophy of creation or like consciousness into oh. matter. So oh. so consciousness into matter. Okay. Yeah. So. Vasant Laud has a, a really popular uh, visual in his books that actually I have on my website. We'll put, we'll talk about that more. But uh, in the resources I have, it's so Sankhya philosophy. So it has, it's all in, contained in this state of Brahman. How I understand it is like kind of just like in, infinite kind of unity, wholeness. And then so like there's this state of awareness or witnessing, being able to be aware and then there's a state of matter of like creation of like actual existence so that those that's kind of a yin yang a polar the purusha is the witness how i understand and the prakruti it is the matter is the creation is like what creates so it's like what is and then what is aware so like those have to merge to be able to okay. create what is called in sanskrit mahad uh, M-A-H-A-D, and that is cosmic intelligence, like the law of the universe, like cosmic, the collective intelligence, like, you know, our spirit, and that philosophy is how I understand it. So okay. those merge, and I think I've heard it explained, like that merging is maybe could be the Big Bang of like, you know, those different realities of like creating matter and having that spirit. And so that's all-knowing, all-everything, like, right, our starseed, stuff you know and Uh, um sure that then the cosmic intelligence has like spirit prana chi the mahad has to go through a birthing or like you know uh Mm. it becomes the ego right so the Ah. the the amkara is kind of that like passageway the initial passageway into the matter from how I understand okay. it in, in this philosophy. And okay. so I've, the, this clicked to me, like I have a like Carolyn Meese and like sacred contracts and some of the mythology that she got her stuff from and Greek. And like, so this aligned in some of the stuff I had been exploring spiritually. I was just like, Oh, this sure. is kind of like the great forgetting that oh, I've heard yeah. talked about. Like, you know, like we have to, but we have to, go into physical matter to be able to be able to reflect back and see ourselves, see aspects of ourselves. So this is where like the bigger spiritual thing for me comes in and like our different incarnations and what we're coming to like our purpose to come in and why these things are happening, why we go, why we choose a certain time or a certain family or certain experiences, certain thing to work Mm. on. So that, Ahamkara is the next stage in terms of like creating our ego. And there's a lot of like shadow or like talk about ego that we, we beat it down or like, you know, it can be a lot of negative around ego, which it needs to be tempered. Our ego has been not right. serving us in different ways, but it, this philosophy, like they're neutral and they're here. It's here to help us kind of in different ways. So, 
Yes. Oh, I totally resonate with that. I don't, I've never been someone who's uh get rid of your ego. Your ego is mm. bad. You know, yeah. I think that's unnatural. <laughs> yeah. Our ego is there, is there to help us in certain, in certain ways and our spirit is sure. there. Right. So there is this great forgetting, but also what I've learned, like we're still connected. There's always that connectedness that our intuition, like we, we also know everything inside. Right. So like, yes, that's, that's a key philosophy that is still connected there. And for me, and then so it creates the, the ego comes into the mind and our thoughts and things like that. And then it starts breaking up into the different elements, right? So okay. there's five elements in Sankhya philosophy and Ayurveda. It's space, air, fire, water, and earth. Okay. So those are the universal principles of, of the elements. And the doshas are combinations of those elements. So, oh. so vata is a combination of space and air. And so vata, vata means to move. Like, so the essence of vata is movement. So vata helps things move. You need space and air to move. Sure. Pit, pitta is fire dominant with water. So pitta is that which transforms. So fire and water both can be in multiple states, right? And they transform, right? right? So pitta is what transforms. And okay. kapha is water and earth so water's tagged into kind of both of these ones but pit uh kapha is water and earth and that is what stabilizes so it's matter it's so those are the three main doshas now here's what i learned wow. in, <laughs> yeah wait i gotta pause you for a second because you're blowing my mind so this is so interesting because a long time ago, probably about a year ago now, I had an astrologer on who really dug into astrology the way that you're digging into Ayurveda here. Mm. And I finally began to understand my, you know, I'm a Scorpio sun and I'm a Capricorn moon. Scorpio is water, moon is earth. And the way that those elements affect me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so what always comes up for me when I do these Ayurvedic quizzes in the past is uh, Pitta and Kapha. Mm. And it it makes total sense now because the water and the earth, my my Scorpio sun and my Capricorn moon, that and you have a water element totally, in your fire, the sun. Right, it totally resonates. That's beautiful. It's just yes, like you just <laughs> it's a total aha moment for me. Okay, go on. <laughs> and that's why I think that's why it's the beauty of these are universal principles, right? Like, yeah, you can like when you learn for me, like as I've learned more about the elements and their qualities and how to balance them in my sure. body, in my mind, in my emotions. It can like other belief systems can fit in. Like I, I worked with somebody who is Christian and, and, and uses, you know, God. And it's like, so it's like, you can sure. still find these universal principles. Like I like how, uh, Vish Chattaraji in the business casual yogi, he talks about like, it's not a, Ayurveda is not a religion because religion tells you to have right. faith. Like this is the way, but it's it's a it's a questioning. You know, it's like so. It's like mm. it's the 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 art of living Ayurveda, of living your wisdom, which is actually <laughs> the phrase I came up with for my coaching. It's live your wisdom. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So 
it just totally aligns. But uh, it's like find what works for you, right? And that's like the the mm. the lineage, the shock of Vansaya Ayurveda lineage, Ayurveda lineage that I've been trained on, how it aligns with me so much is that it comes back to intuition. Here's the guidelines, but also we're not in India. We have all these different like exposures in our environment. Like there wasn't all the electromagnetism that we are exposed to right. all now. Uh, our diets, the lack of nutrition, and things like that. So it's like taking yeah. account like just a food that is naturally grown in a certain part of the world and has all these healing properties. If you just go pull it out and industrially create it in this environment like it's not going to have the same stuff so it's like and you might be having multiple imbalances at one time and not so like for whom and when so like that's why i I like these universal principles and because the sanskrit's like intimidating like (laughs) yes very very absolutely yeah Yeah. and i've just become more comfortable because it's like i'm in a program i'm doing it hours every day and i'm teaching about it and talking and so um so doshas so so those elements So here's one thing about dosha, right? It's kind of like, what's your Ayurvedic type? Or like, right, kind of these dosha quizzes. We think of like almost like it's a personality type or things like that. But the word dosha, which I learned in my program, which was an aha moment for me, is dosha stands, in Sanskrit, it's kind of transliterated to fault or imbalance or like a a fault line. So my teacher talked about, think of a fault line. So there's a lot of pressure there. So we have, right, all these elements in all of us. We wouldn't exist. This is kind of a creation built philosophy. We wouldn't exist if we didn't have all these. So we have all the elements. Thus we have all the doshic tendencies. But it's like what in our nature is more extreme or more intense for each individual. And you can even go, and so this philosophy, like the doshas and their qualities have certain times of day, certain times of year, certain times of life. So like where we're at and like our environments have, the seasons have these different tendencies. So oh. when you think of like, oh, if I'm a lot of pitta kapha, I probably need less, I need pitta kapha balancing things in my lifestyle, in my diet, in my mindset to, to do. So recognizing that, cause we can all, we all do go out of balance in all the different ways at different times. So I think that's, that's one thing of just like when I coach my clients and I tell people about it, it's like, that's a big thing of just like, you are not your dosha. You have strong pitta dosha or strong kapha dosha and i like how you balance too like there's three doshas but there's different combinations and to only be like only really strong vata or only really strong pitta or only really strong kapha can be unique too there's there's other combinations like i'm also i resonate with a kapha pitta dosha i have a lot of kapha and a lot of pitta but I have a lot of vata imbalance, especially being on the road. I have a lot of movement in my life, so I need to balance right. my vata <laughs> in my oh, life. Of course. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So can you give me an example? Like if you, since you have a lot of vata in your life, mm-hmm. um, so that's movement, space, air, right? So mm-hmm. how, what are ways that you balance that? So thinking like things that create structure or routine. Okay. Right. Oh, so... Okay. For me, it's like the fact that I have a van, like even coming back to that, 
is, is one sure. thing that provides that. But so like eating at similar times, having a routine where I eat that, mm-hmm. eat at similar times where at my digestion, I kind of, there's some stability, some consistency that my system can identify with kind of having a constant sleep schedule when possible. And I'm human. I'm not perfect, (laughs) you know, but these are the things that you work, I work on. Um, and then there's different foods, right? So if I'm really being very Vata, um, imbalanced with a lot of space and air, that's dry, it's light, it's fast. I want warm foods. I want, um, really some heavier foods, some more nourishing foods. I want maybe some more ghee or I want some coconut milk in, in some of my stuff. I'm, I'm doing, I'm having tea. I'm getting outside. I'm doing some stuff that helps me ground. I'm Okay. Some lifestyle sure. thing. And that's where too, like I can know, okay, if I'm, I have a big travel day, like, uh, I'm gonna be driving to a new location today. It's like, how can I, uh, take one, be aware of it and just be like, okay, when I know this might happen. So how can I be proactive? And then if I get imbalanced, like how can I, how can I balance it out? So it's added, it's added to the skill of like mindfulness, awareness of like, what's going on? Like, what's my emotional intelligence? And then knowing how to chill if I need to (laughs) ground, um, or when I'm feeling extra, uh, I'm really aggravated in my kapha. I'm feeling lazy. I'm feeling lethargic. You know, it's mm-hmm. think of water and earth. Like it's, I'm feeling too muddy, right? It's, okay, sure. Yes, yes. Right? Uh, and sticky. So I need to add some fire and some air into that. So how do I just get up and go? How do I do some some breath of fire, to, you know, or, oh, okay. uh, or some kind of qigong tapping stuff that I've learned, like to just kind of get my prana, my, my energy flowing, get it moving mm. is, is, okay. a, is a big thing. Um, and then there's also, right. Then I want to add more spice in my food. I want to have maybe some lighter stuff. I don't want to have the really heavy meals if I'm feeling real and I'm, I'm really kind of stuck and I'm needing to okay. get that, get that energy moving. Sure. Oh, this is so interesting. Um, so I do I do a lot of energy work. Mm-hmm. And this is such an interesting, I feel like, complement to that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and vice versa, right? Yeah. Like, like you're talking so much about, it makes total sense that if you're, if you're feeling kind of stuck and maybe you're, you know, sitting on the couch watching a lot of Netflix or something, that you need to bring in some vata right Mm -hmm. like that you need to bring in some movement some for your energy like get that energy moving Mm -hmm. because then from an energy work standpoint what can happen if you don't is that the energy because it can't move through Mm -hmm. it it begins circling around itself and forming a block yes so and so yeah this all ties in i just love how this all ties Mm -hmm. in together (laughs) yeah it's really cool yeah so it's like when there's too much air or too much space, right? Like you can kind Uh of spin out of control and you need to be right. So it's like, it's finding them. And that's where like, as a coach, like, okay, like if right now what serves you is to really sink in and like really just comfort yourself and have a night on the couch with Netflix and some of your pleasure foods, like have that. That's where like the balance in this fire Veda and the intuition is like, if your judgment of yourself and your actions are going to cause more emotional and physical distress mm. from avoidance and shaming yourself or shaming yourself, that cycle, right? Of like, oh, I, yes. I really want this chocolate, but oh, I can't have chocolate. I can't have it. Like, 
how right. I've taught is just like have a little bit. It's about balance. Don't over, like learn to not overdo it and to enjoy that. So have have a few pieces of dark chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have three candy bars. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, totally. And then checking in with your intuition. What is serving you right now? Right. So not like the higher frequency or lower frequency. It's not, you know, there's a real push, like higher frequency ascending, but like you got to also, like we're here, we're in this reality. Right. We have to keep our roots in too. So it's like, what is yes. serving me right now? So that's like the, the living your wisdom part of like knowing these principles, but like, what is it serving? And so like if a night on the couch and like, yes, we need to rest. Our culture is so movement are so transformative. We are very Pitta uh, Vata culture in terms of produce, right. produce, transform, move, move, move. So, are we are needing a lot more peace and slowness kind of lower vibration but it's just yeah. tapping into is this serving me and do i need right. to am, am i aggravated or am i depleted or am i imbalanced and kind of finding that state of sattva so wow i love it that's <laughs> awesome i mean yeah. this is really cool how would you recommend that listeners get started with ayurveda and i and uh, along with that how do people start working with you because okay. i'm already just super interested like obviously you are an amazing coach for this mm. like that's clear just in the discussion we're having here so how would someone work with you and how would someone get started with ayurveda yeah thank you Brittany. in terms of getting started there's lots of stuff you can find googling out there but on my website kylejasonlitsky.com mm. i do have a page of resources which we can okay. probably Brittany Perfect. and I can kind of put a link there. Yeah, it's like a half dozen or so of some of the ebooks, uh, cookbooks, and like some articles and stuff like that I found most helpful. So I mentioned a couple things already. In terms of if you're just getting started, like Ayurveda Idiots or Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda was a great one. That was one of the first ones I read. Um, and then there's different ones to apply that go deeper and like, how do you apply it with, uh, some cookbooks by Divya Alter, what to eat for how you feel, um, healing the thyroid by Marianne Teitelbaum. She's a, I don't, I haven't learned from her, but my teachers are kind of peers of hers. They both studied under, uh, Vijay Mishra and Shaka Vinyasa Ayurveda okay. lineage. Um, and like, that's a big, and that's a, So that's a beautiful book for going deeper. Um, and then like Banyan Botanicals is actually a good company mm. that I align with. They're a B corporation and they're, they're res they are really good at doing research into the Ayurveda and publishing stuff. And their articles are not so like Sanskrit heavy. They do a good job of, of linking mm. it. So I have that linked on the resources too. And I'm a Banyan okay. affiliate and I like some of their stuff and my peers use that. So that, that's a, cool. um, an Ayurveda company that you can go to Banyan. They have a more in-depth two dosha quiz in, in that. Um, okay. And they talk about the different stuff. Like it aligns with what I've been saying here. So doing kind of the okay. self-help stuff, there's those kind of things. And then obviously I do one-on-one -on -one coaching right now. In okay. the future, I plan to do some, maybe some kind of groups, open groups or closed groups, things like that. But that's still in the works. But right now just doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, cool. And so th that all is on my website too, in terms of how to, how to work with me and what, uh, what it could entail. So, okay. Yeah, that's great. So we'll definitely, um, as you're listening to this, if you go down into the show notes, um, I have the website there, 
We'll link right to Kyle's website. I'll put a link to the website and a link specifically to the resource page on the website. And I think that you mentioned people can work one-on-one with you and you have a three-month container that people can do with you? Yeah, I have a three-month container. So I can do different ways. Um, Okay. Setting up a free free coaching call, free clarity call, discovery call, whatever you want to call it. 30 minutes, um, start with that. And that's where I'll send, like you'll fill out a couple questions and even when you schedule it, I'll send you a few deeper questions too based on what you tell me to have a better understanding and and kind of go into that Mm -hmm. so we can get a lot out of the 30 minutes because I want to know, I want to come in with a little bit of understanding about you, but I want it to be able to natural flow and I want to learn about that. So it's getting clarity on what is it you're actually seeking to bring balance to or seeking to kind of overcome or work through in your life. Um, And I go under the title of Ayurvedic Life Purpose Coach. So Ayurveda is very health oriented, but I I use it as a supplement for life. And like, so Mm -hmm. our purpose, right? And Ayurveda is a sister science to yoga because it helps us keep our natural state as healthy as possible so we can live more purposely. We can't live purposely and serve others if we're out of balance and we're, we're unhealthy. Right. So that's a staple. Um, so from there, like it's getting to know what you're looking for. I can clarify what I do having a, having a mini coaching session in that regard and then kind of going over the options. It's, is it a 90 minute consultation in Ayurveda where you fill out the assessments to learn your Prakriti and Vikriti. So I didn't talk about that. Like your Prakriti would be your constitution of like your doshic makeup in terms of like your balanced state. So that's our goal is to try and understand that. But that's a very hard thing, right? It might take some different times in terms of thinking we have the self bias too. So learning what, learning what our doshas are, we're going to experiment with that, but keep an open mind to if we learn new information down the road. All right, sure. and then the vikruti is our state of imbalance. So where are we currently out of balance? Okay. So understanding, so having those as a way, and then kind of knowing your goal. So what's our goal we're working for? And sure. based on your goal, you know, and what aligns with your needs and desires at the time is is a is a consultation with like a more in depth, like just taking a snapshot and giving you some lifestyle recommendations based on that a thing or a package in terms of doing a certain amount of sessions to reach your goal. So from that conversation, we can, we can co-author what this could look like, um, in terms of supporting that. And then the biggest one that's the biggest transformation is that coaching container and the container, you know, similar process, but the container, you know, it's three month commitment with like weekly meetings, um, support between meetings, right? So like engagement, accountability, um, you're kind of getting that coach mentor, you know, for Mm. of me, right. Of, yeah, I'm checking in on you. I'm being a little bit more engaging. I'm supporting you. You know, we're not doing sessions over text, but we're, we're staying in touch maybe in between like, Hey, how's this going? Or what's the challenge? What's the one thing you can do? Just some quick stuff. Um, and then, in the container, as there's other things that come up, all those things are included. Um, obviously, you're getting the different materials and you know recipes and worksheets and stuff mm. that we're doing as we're going. Because you might <clears throat> have a career goal you want to work towards, 
and we're ha- and, but the Ayurveda is informing what's going to help us you be in as much balanced state as possible in your life so that you can focus on this and, and achieve that. Um, and then after the container, it's, uh, there's, I do kind of check-ins to see, you know, via email, of, sure. uh, how, how once we're complete one month later, how you doing, you know, three months later. Right. So I want to know how about your success and I want yeah. to know, like, are there things that are coming up? Is there something new I have to kind of like, hey, check this out or kind of doing like it's having that relationship that uh, within that container. That's what it means. So that's yeah. that's the biggest, most encompassing thing that can really transform. And there's three months because they're giving you the time and space to do that transformational work, because a lot of times you'll have the one session you're like, oh, my God, this aligns and OK, here's this stuff. And then. A few months later, it's like, okay, well, what else, right? So, like, the container right. can be slower integration, right? I don't, like, don't want to, like, overwhelm. It's going to kind of uh, take things as we go, but also be nudging our comfort zone, having that, like, what are we really mm-hmm. working for? Um, so having yes. that, what, that compassionate kind of encouraging support and accountability of the coaching yes. relationship in general for those who aren't maybe like haven't maybe had coaching or things like that. So, sure. um, and, uh, if there's things we don't go over, like in the end of the container, it's like, okay, here's everything I have in terms of like recipes or things like, here you go. Like, you know, it's like life, lifetime access. You have the copies. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so what I love about this is it's such an amazing way to support a big goal. Mm. Like, because it's so holistic yeah so i love that it's including movement diet like all of these different Mm -hmm. it's really a yeah really a fully holistic way to move towards a big goal i mean i just think that's amazing yeah and it's me thank you i I think so too and like it's that's how it's helped me right so i came from a university setting of helping young adults but I, i helped anywhere from late teens to people in their 50s parents, full-time work, like transfer student, you know, like non-traditional students. And it's like figuring out purpose and how do we go do stuff. And, and so it's this, like you said, this holistic way of how do we do it? And like merging like cognitive behavioral therapy of our mindset and our beliefs. You had like, I listened to your guests (laughs) that you had going on that. And that was loving that because a big thing of me is our mindset, our beliefs. It's a core thing that we're going to peel back and the emotional not just intelligence but the emotional care that comes up in terms of those things and yes. compassionate communication skills with ourselves and right so it kind of it, it's allowed a universal framework for me to merge things that I've loved and things that have helped me and then also connect some dots and as a coach give me a framework to recognize okay here's what this person's maybe needing energetically, not just like diet lifestyle wise, but also like right. tapping into the quality of energy and like someone's essence. It's helped me really be like, okay, this is maybe how I need to work with this person. You know, even if they can't explain it, give me more insight and what questions to ask. Like right? that skill of like a lot of coaching is knowing what questions to ask, you know, to empower right. you to think like, that's what a lot of my clients said 
the biggest thing is like, oh, I've learned to use my own energy for myself, or I've learned like to trust my process, like, and mm-hmm. that like I ha- I know what I'm doing, and to not seek external validation, and you know, um, yes, that's huge. So you know, yeah, and that's really what it. I guess that what came up as you were talking also is, you know, if everything really at its core is energy, mm-hmm. then the diet aspect of going after a goal that's just what energy what energy Mm -hmm. are you feeding into your energy to move you towards where you want to go i mean yeah it's really yeah really cool very in depth and it's also yeah just understanding your reality too being where you're at and not feeling lack or shame or Mm. guilt because like even you want to be like you have something in you have everything you need inside yourself and you have what you need to take the next step Right. In terms of your goal, like often we're like, oh, I want to get there, but I don't have this in my environment. I don't have this or I'm waiting for this. And it's like that might be true. You need those things. But what, you know, as a coach, kind of finding that next step and and all that. And we and figure out what are the modalities of work? Like it's like in Ayurveda and the Vedas, like, you know, there is meditation. There's mantra. There's breath work. There's the food. There's the yoga asanas that support it and there's the marma points and tapping like these are all these different modalities of like what works the journaling um and finding like what maybe you've already using in your life and just making sure that it's supporting and aligned in that way or like what are you feeling drawn to like let's find you that and kind of implement that once one piece at a time um with a bias for action and care and yeah. Oh, I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. So yeah, for everyone listening, uh, head to the show notes because we'll have Kyle's website and how you can get in touch with him and get started in that process. It's a very unique, this is a very unique approach to life purpose coaching. I mean, mm. I've, I've never actually heard anyone presented in this way. So this is, this is really cool. I think people are going to love it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I haven't either. It's, but it's what came to yeah. me. You know, it's how I've found what uh, how to how to make it merge in my life right now. And yeah, it's awesome. Oh, I love that. And I just think, I mean, that's the whole key, right? Like mm-hmm. you're so obviously following your own intuition, and mm-hmm. it's always amazing to see that. Thank you. Um, I want to so add then, in terms of oh, yeah. in terms of like the coaching I do or the things. If you look at it and you feel drawn, but there's hesitancy with costs there is scholarship opportunities so just schedule if you're drawn if you're like this is aligning i'm doing it but like if you feel drawn schedule the clarity call and just bring that up in terms of say you found us on the coming out of the closet spiritual closet podcast Uh, definitely let me know that and um, ask about the scholarship opportunity um and we'll get you because that's part of me too in terms of honoring the lineage uh and honoring my as a coach helping you finding the pricing, but also like I want to be able to meet people where they're at um, and honor under like people from marginalized backgrounds or things like that. So that's a big value of mine. So I don't want that to Mm. stop anybody and I want to make sure that that's present. Okay. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for sharing that as well. So yeah, definitely. uh, If this is something that you feel drawn to, definitely go ahead and head to Kyle's website, go to the show notes. Um, That's amazing. Is there a piece of advice that you would give to someone who's new to spirituality? Like kind of 
is there something that comes to mind that you just would love to share with someone who's new to this spiritual world? Mm -hmm. Keep being kind to yourself in your process. I think it comes back to that. It's the energy. What is the energy we're talking to ourselves in? I think that's the biggest thing in terms of like our thoughts becomes our belief, becomes our actions, become our habits, right? Like Lao Tzu and uh, who's that? Gandhi that kind of reinstated like those, that phrase and Miguel, Don Miguel Ruiz, the four agreements. First, like be impeccable with your word. And the big piece of that is to yourself. So, and from that kindness comes a better relationship with yourself. And I think for me, that's what spirituality is. It's our relationship to our physical self and our energetic self, our higher self, our higher power, our God, our universe. Um, That's what it always comes down to. Like be kind to yourself and your process. And that relationship will build trust with your intuition and your knowing. Because I think that's a big thing for us is we're fear and we don't know how to discern. So I love that you've given a lot of tangible tips on your podcast about discerning and how to recognize that. Um, So I think in terms of spiritual journey, do that. Nurture yourself. Relate to yourself. Get to understand. Right? If you're in a relationship with somebody and you want to get deeper, you want a future with them, you want to understand how they work. And you want to be kind to them. You want to be kind to them. You want them to stick around. (laughs) You yes. want them to like you, right? So, yep. Yep. yeah, yeah, and um, try and be brave and begin again. Yeah, so, yeah, that's and great advice. In I terms of it. spirituality, just because something gets uncomfortable or doesn't work out how you plan does not mean you're messing up. Mm. Oh, that's huge. Our manifestations often bring us the challenges we need to elevate, to expand, to reprogram, to rewire, to relearn belief systems. So that's been a huge one too is everything's great. I'm I'm manifesting, I'm honoring intuition and boom, I'm making it like, (laughs) what did I do wrong? Who did I piss off in the world? (laughs) Right. Nobody right. that yeah. here's your opportunity. Exactly. And that's the empowering. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, oh, I love that. Yeah. Yep, that totally resonates. I definitely, that's been my experience as well. Okay, Kyle, thank you so much for joining me today. It was amazing having you here. And again, I just want to remind everyone to head to the show notes so that you can connect with Kyle. Thank you, Brittany. It's been an honor to be on here and share my story and share Ayurveda and hopefully spread the awareness that Ayurveda is not as rigid and it is a spiritual practice that can really help us relate to and optimize our lives. Yes. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much.